relax. Those beats mean you're now listening to the very real people and places that supply your high. This is Grown Local with Billy Wayne Davis and Mike McGowan. So I am very excited to be talking to you as we uh, talked about before we started recording. Uh, my brother lives in East Pass Young. So um, I believe the last time I was there, um, I don't think you were f- open yet, but I'm very excited to go and try out your food. Has your brother, has your brother been in yet? Oh yeah, yeah. He loves it. He's like, okay. dude. <laughs> <laughs> It's, he loves that neighborhood. It's one of his favorite neighborhoods. You know, they he had lived in Queens Village for a while. Um, okay. All over. Uh, Mike, you know, this. Mike, stop. Yes. It's good God, man. We've only done 70, almost 80 of these. And you just start talking to her like we're sitting at a table and we're broadcasting to the whole world, essentially. And you're talking about like, oh, he used to live in this neighborhood, and then this thing, and then like, could you introduce our guest? Uh, talk about what si- fucking city you're talking about. She's from <laughs> what she does. Any of that? Like it? That's I'm I'm like a little being funny, but like mostly like just like what in hell is happening? <laughs> I just assume everybody knows that it's Philadelphia that we're talking about regularly, but um, no, we're talking. We're mostly talking about you, Humboldt County. Just it's Oklahoma. Like, I'm sorry, you're you're catching. We could have done four mics. Uh, microphone didn't work, and then we're seeing that not only was his quit equipment not prepared, but his brain is also not prepared. <laughs> And I can tell she doesn't really listen to the podcast on the regular. So she's like a little just, hey, what is happening? But this is a rapport we have. And you're from Philly, so you're not shaking at all because I haven't said the word or a lot of words you shouldn't say that people in Philly just just say all the time. (laughs) You know, don't turn your head. You know what I'm talking about. You've been on the streets. I will say though, when you are, what I'm learning, especially, you know, in the very short period of time I've been here compared to you, um, when you're from Philadelphia and you've lived here long enough to be considered part of Philadelphia, it's really hard to see outside of Philadelphia, especially when you've been removed and you see someone else. It's the same as if you go to a bar and you see someone wearing an Eagles jersey, your best friends like instantly, it's just kind of like a comfort thing. Like that's what I'm learning whenever I've gone places and I someone sees me wearing something with Philadelphia on it, which is really hard to have clothing here in this city and not have something representative of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, you just, you can't stop. So, un, you know, understandable that uh, he would just want to talk Philly. Oh, I get, that's why I had to stop it early. That's yeah. It's, I, I knew it was gonna go hardcore. Yeah, quick. and it's I love. Don't get me wrong. I love Philadelphia. It is it is a cult of a city. Is what it is. 
is everyone that lives there is like they hate each other and they love each other it is not healthy yeah but (laughs) it's fun and it's like it it creates some beautiful art some of the funniest people i know some it is like one of those things it's like you can tell if someone's been there or not with the way they talk about philly they're like oh it's lovely and like what part And then it's so intricate too, especially with how big it is. You can Mm -hmm. go on deep dives of all the little neighborhoods. Then every single neighborhood has its own ecosystem, its own culture and everything to it. So, you know, that has a lot to do with it too. Yeah. 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 And you don't know as someone from outside that which blocks turn into different neighborhoods. It is, it is, it's it's awesome that's all i'm gonna say it is it is awesome so you so the way that i was introduced to our guest was there we on go. Thank one you, of my favorite radio shows uh preston and steve um even though i live out here i constantly listen to them still um and then you know my brother living in the neighborhood you know was definitely like oh this is one of my like one of the most exciting restaurants that are going to open up in East Pass Young. And, you know, there's quite a stir. So, of course, I start following you on the Instagram, see the amazing food, all the good vibes. And then I also see that there's cannabis involved in it, too, which I was just like, oh, this is good Mexican food, all this stuff and cannabis. I am so, sold. So, Mike, you weren't following her because of cannabis. It just this is just a happenstance, like a good, like nice serendipity because you were just like, no food. I was doing food. Mm-hmm. That is I no, I, I live in Los Angeles, which I think is one of the most underrated cities for food in like it's truly amazing the food here. And people don't talk about it enough. But I think we're okay with it. It's fine. Um so is it legal? uh no so yes and no right you can Um, say sure that's how we talk here like sure right right (laughs) um you know so they have dispensaries here and you can get your medical card um they just edibles it's just not an option here you can't buy them um you can buy teachers at a dispensary but it's all medical, but you can't buy edibles. You can't buy edibles and you can't. Um, I, to be honest, like I don't have, I don't go to dispensaries here in Philadelphia. Um, uh, anywhere really. I've been, I, California was my first official like real dispensary experience. And that was like two years ago. And I've lived in Long Beach and I do definitely co-sign on LA being completely underappreciated and acknowledged for the food scene there. And whenever I know someone's going out there, I just get so excited uh, because I know I'm like, once you have the food out there, it's not ever going to be the same when you come back here. And I've tried to do my best to really put that here in South Philadelphia and it's slowly catching on with just how distinct, you know, LA food is. And so, yes, I definitely co-sign on that for sure. But um, as far as like me being a chef and it being legal in the sense of like working with cannabis, it's definitely like not. 
Um, <laughs> That's a good way. Like, you know, <laughs> as far as like, no, they they don't. Mm, they probably wouldn't like that I'm doing that. But what are you gonna do? Who cares? There's a bigger fish to fry here. No, if you've been to the rest of Philly, but they don't care about laws a lot there. Like, people just park wherever. That's one of my favorite parts of Philly. <laughs> It's like there's it's so like to be to be like I cook with cannabis and like I think cops will be like that's cool okay yeah there's dudes I mean, fighting yeah. with baseball bats outside I gotta go um right. so that's I mean yes and no I mean you know it's still not legal and sure. someone right we have to remember we are in the state of you know Pennsylvania someone somewhere could really not like that. And I'm a great person to make an example out of something like that, right? Like we had still not seen as something, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I'm just kind of like, I don't give a fuck anymore. I'm really over it. And if, you know, if I'm going to get arrested, of course, that's not something that I'm looking for. And I'm definitely not trying to be sassy about it, but it's, you know, there is a campaign that's coming up here, if it's not started already for, you know, governor and mayor. And this definitely needs to be part of that conversation and starting to unweave a lot of things here that are the fabric of Philadelphia, as well as, you know, weave in some new kind of like, you know, hemp, if you will, kind of in the conversation. And really saying like, look, let's take a look at the bigger picture of a lot of things that are happening, you know, in everyone's state in in a variety of ways, but here specifically in Philadelphia and how important is that? And taking someone like me and using me as an example because I'm cooking with it, how does that get the conversation started? You know, and I guess I'm willing to fall on the sword for that to be the first one to say, you know, yes, I'm probably gonna get, you know, potentially in trouble, whatever that would look like, but like, how can that be unraveled then? Because it's how, what, why, why does it even matter? You can buy it, you can have a card to be in possession of it, but you can't smoke it, which is what the dispensary does. They don't sell pre-rolls or, or vapes or cartridges or anything like that. Um, again, I am not involved. I don't go to these dispensaries here in Philadelphia because, you know, there's not a lot of people of color and, you know, it's expensive and I'd rather support my friends than go to someplace like that and give them more money when they really, in the end, don't really give a shit about me, which would be, you know, the customer, AKA the patient, right? I don't like to say patient. I think that's to like, you're on a roll, but like that is the frustrating part of when they use the medical thing. And then, like you said, it's just like lawyers and, and salesmen and people like that that are using it to because they have cash and the access right that is in the beginning you know 20 or 10 15 years ago whatever it was whatever we could do to get get it but at this it's 2022 and like you said like even like you can't for them not to have a edibles in the dispensary and and then be like it's medical and be like you've done no research on any of this. This is just some pure steps for whatever. So I don't. I mean I don't. I think if you did get arrested, 
like you would spend like at most a night in jail unless it was like on a friday on like you know how that shit works but like um but i think legally like i, I was on a jury they called it the last cannabis case in los angeles county but they didn't let me on the jury they let me speak in the courtroom and then they uh they shut me up real fast uh i was trying to spoil the whole thing um and the judge was like sir sir and i was like i'm on a roll um but like i just don't think i think what you're doing is the right move without a doubt it's like i was in houston texas and there's there's a place you can go if you have a card and you can buy it and it's same and it's close to the police station in a way that's very funny uh but i think that's the same kind of like mentality where they're like sure but i think that's what we all have to do is like keep moving like keep that's part of our thing here on the podcast is like our overall theme is like teaching everyone to grow it themselves because if everyone's growing it they can't do shit or if the majority of people are it's so back to so I want to ask, like, so you're you're just a chef by by trade, and a cannabis yeah. user probably by just being cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so I'm a chef by trade. I've been uh, smoking weed and doing these things since I was like 14. I'm 43 now, so. Uh, I'm pretty successful and I have these tattoos, so you don't have to always listen to your parents. Um, <laughs> that's my message with that. Amen. Um, but I stopped working for a little while here conventionally and really started to get into a lot of, you know, activism here. Um, you know, I marched a 51 foot joint on Broad Street during the DNC. I did a lot of you know, just a lot of everything we used to have. Um, I was a participant, if not like one of the, I don't want to say organizers, but amongst the people who were putting on, you know, the Philly Smoke Sessions here um, that were pretty big and pretty significant. So I guess I kind of developed a name um, related to cannabis just by one, being myself, but also being very vocal about how important it is to just like, you know, move these things along because it's so damaging to a lot of communities to not. And, you know, going back to being concerned and, you know, I don't think a SWAT team is going to come barging in on me because, you know, I made some weed brownies. I think like more just like a public sort of situation kind of like, you know, uh, for people to see as an example again, is the opportunity for someone like myself and anyone who has a similar state is to say, but you could totally penalize me. And, you know, the couple hundred dollars that I'll pay for a fine, you could really turn into a billion dollar opportunity for the state if you A, B, and C. And then, you know, I think going with that really comes down to in the end, what I would hope for would be to have people see this as not a big deal, take the stigma away that like I'm some tie-dye wearing, you know, patchouli Birkenstock person out here just really wanting to like have my medicine. You don't really need to say that. Just we, we smoke weed. 
I don't have to be a thing to like it. Like I like it and that's what I am. I'm not a sommelier when I want to drink wine. So let me just, <laughs> let everyone just smoke weed. It's a thing and like keep it moving. And I'm hoping that this will allow that conversation to happen. And, you know, and especially when it comes to the food industry, that this becomes something as well involved it's just another ingredient you know so common and just such a thing that it's not like oh my god we have to go to this secret thing to enjoy yeah. a weed food you can it's get like, hammered at applebee's you know what I mean? you, right. can, you can drink yourself into a blackout at applebee's right. they can do stuff like that but we can't like right yeah Imagine that guy, like, coming i mean we can like, drink you could i might have done that once um, <laughs> i used was, to work there <laughs> yeah it, can, it was an outback is where I, I used to work in outback and yeah it was you get off and, yeah but that I mean, is i always think about that is like when they're like well you can't be doing stuff like that in public i've been like i've been like i've been drunk at work serving you know what i mean where it's like what are you talking about like have you ever been right. to a, a sporting event everyone there is out of their minds like it's the weirdest like I just don't understand. Like I'm with you with the stigma, and I think you're right. Like if it, you just have this dope restaurant, and every now and then you're like, yeah, sometimes we put this in it, and it makes you feel good. And you're like, what? And you're like, you're already right. drinking booze, right? Uh, just for the record, to the state of Pennsylvania, I am not doing that at my business. No, but I'm down the doing road, happen- that's what no. I'm hoping for. Like down the road, that would be great. But sure, I'm not no, saying she does that. I'm <laughs> saying that she should do that. It's only acid that she's putting right. in the food. Yeah, we're just, it's just PCP and LSD. My attorney over here for the clarity. Thank you to my attorney. <laughs> yeah, just, and I'll be honest, if what we say on this podcast gets you in trouble with like the DA or something, I'll no, be I'll not. be a little honest. I'm I'll be impressed with what we're doing no, over here. No. I'd be like, holy shit, who was this? Well, uh, so attorney. I mean, this DA here in Philadelphia is very proactive. So, no, for sure. Like, um, you know, I say this all in jest, but I also say that being extremely privi- privileged, being able to say that carefree, you know, I'm not really particularly carefree, but to be able to say that without really having to, you know, really be concerned about my life every day like that, you know, like yeah. um, everywhere we go. And I mean, I went to the Renaissance Fair this past weekend. I mean, you there's weed everywhere. Like you can't go anywhere. It is people don't everywhere. get that, but at Renaissance Fairs, there's a lot of weed. It's insane how much weed. Right. Well, it's you got loose everywhere. I mean, just the bus stop, like it's everywhere. Like you know. My so. favorite thing is like to walk the dog about five <laughs> o'clock, and it's just dudes like me in our neighborhood walking their dog hiding their joint like that i'm like we're all doing it y'all it's not we can it's so fun like that's what or it's like trash night too is really fun you can smell it up the street because people are like i'm gonna go take the trash out and they're like they to be honest i'm actually a little sad you know i have these face tattoos for a reason and it makes me a little sad to know that I can just be so free with it. Like there used to be a little edge, like, oh, smoke <laughs> weed. And like, now it's like, you know, my 78 year old neighbors out there smoking weed. Like I'm not as cool anymore, you know, but it's a- uh, That's progress, I, I that's good. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that, 
it's like I have two of my best friends are this gay couple and they've been they're old as hell and they're hilarious. <laughs> but they said I've that's they say all the time back when being gay was cool. And I was like, that's <laughs> I was like, that's you you did it. You guys did you the did thing. It. And they're like, Yeah, but it was more fun then. I was like, I understand. I get the edge. Yeah. It's very but it's one of my favorite back when being gay was cool. I was like, man, that's fun. <laughs> I well, like, it I is... take you to some states where there's still an edge to it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can go to upstate PA and, you know, um, there's Pensatuckies and they're mm-hmm. waiting for someone like me up there. So. We, we interviewed uh, Stephen Chang from Altoona and he had <laughs> a lot to talk about the middle of Pennsylvania. It is funny, mm-hmm. though, because me and Billy were just at an event and like now in Oregon, it's all about the mushrooms where they're just like, hey, we have strudel and there's mushrooms in it. And it's just kind of all out there. And so like I myself feel a little bit bad that I left the East Coast. I was like, oh, I got to get the hell out of here. And I came out to Oregon where it was a lot more chill, a lot more easy. But like, you know, listening to people like you, it kind of gets me like, yeah, I should go back there and fight for that and make that happen. And like, it is really cool to see what you're doing with that, you know? I think for me, that's really important. You know, like I, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, unfortunately for me, which if I could hide all day in sweatpants in the farthest corner of my house, like I totally would, but I think some of my life decisions have put me in a much more public kind of position and it's weird to walk around and people know me as, you know, the tamale lady and the weed chef and both extreme compliments. Mm -hmm. But I really, I think what's been most important to me is to really change the way people see people who smoke weed. Like, you know, and to obviously, you know, logistically, you know, through the state and laws and stuff, that's important to have that effect. But I think overall, what's always been really important to me is to change like the stigma of it. Like only bad people, only losers, people who are really lazy and like, you know, that's all been lies. And to prove it as lies is to just keep going and smoke weed the whole way wherever I'm going. And, you know, I have to say like, I love it. I love to look back now and especially like my high school guidance counselor who told all of us who smoked weed, we were gonna be addicts. Like I would love to see him now and be like, but I'm not. And, you know, to hear, to reflect back on that and think about it, it's like, wow, you know, like, you know, similar to what you were saying about your older friends, like older people, you know, and I'm 43, love it. And you see instantly how much it helps them, you know, for a variety of reasons. And we're all going to get there, you know, a little bit. It'll take us a little longer because we're smoking more weed than, you know, (laughs) our elders ahead of us. But to just see that and just see more and more people become so comfortable with saying it and advertising it in some fashion, you know, or like vaping and you know showing new kinds of things and being innovative is it's been awesome to really experience and get to see and in a small tiny way you know be at the forefront of that you know with there are bigger people here who have done a lot of great things like Chris Goldstein has been a huge voice here if I remember correctly 
Um, you know, he was like a, a weed professor here as one of the courses, I think it was at Temple or Drexel. And um, uh, who would ever have thought that? He was smoking weed all the way to class and on the way during the break. And I just love that so much. Like that is my favorite part. Like, you know, you can definitely smoke weed and function. Mushrooms are great. You know, I'm very pro natural. Like, especially yes, during the pandemic, too. I can't, what would we have done during the pandemic if we didn't smoke weed, but also if we didn't like microdose, you know, all of us were freaking out and rightfully so. It's a worldwide pandemic and no one knows what the hell's going on. Um, Donald Trump is president. Like we're all just like, is this a reality? I need reality. Let me take a mushroom. Like that's, you know, I'm grateful to be sane through something like that. And I really contributed a lot to being able to just freely be myself and smoke weed. Well, I mean, you talk about, you know, your teachers saying you're going to be an addict if you're smoking weed. My teachers were like, hey, if you're smoking weed, you're going to be lazy, you're going to be jobless and all this. And then the entire time through COVID, I was an essential worker growing cannabis, which just blew my fucking mind. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like I like my my family didn't want to deal with me sometimes when I was like, hey, I'm moving out to Oregon to grow weed. They're like. I don't know if we could let you talk to your little sisters. And then now through the pandemic, I'm considered essential. They're like, we need you to keep working. I know it's hard out there, but to keep the you know, society going, you need to grow some dank cannabis. And I was like, oh, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't talk right now, mom. I'm an essential worker and I need to get these pre-rolls done by 12 o'clock. <laughs> it's pretty great. It's pretty great. So it's, to crazy hop on. How, it's crazy how much the West Coast differs from the East Coast when it comes to that stuff. You know, I've never um, I've never bought from a dispensary, like I said, here in Pennsylvania or anywhere. Um, when I did live in Long Beach, like there were places you could go, but I didn't at that time. I don't know. It was just like the place it was like, you know, whatever. But going back now recently and seeing how many dispensaries there were and like hearing all of the stories about how strong the weed is in California. I was like, I have to, I got to try it out. I just have to say, I bought weed from a dispensary in California. That's all I want to come back. And I was going for taco research and development. I follow food, mm -hmm. a few trucks in LA and I have for a while. And I brought my son who at the time was 15 and here he is. I'm like, my, like, this is the moment where he realized his mom is an asshole. And I bought all this weed. And I have to smoke it in like two days. And I'm not <laughs> a good smoker. When, you know, you open a restaurant, you definitely need the weed, but it's hard to have the time to like, you know, to enjoy it. Like you want to slowly. Uh, so to be out in California and just like buy pre-rolls and stuff like that. And so I was like, holy shit, I'm amateur level. Like the there was it was crazy how strong it was. I also didn't know what I was buying and I was really overwhelmed. And the, the young lady was really helpful to me, but it was just like, uh, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, I'll take that. So I don't really know what I got, but I enjoyed it nonetheless. And uh still can't, you know, focus as well as I could prior to that experience because I smoked a lot of weed in a really short period of time. <laughs> and uh <laughs> like, I'm still feeling the after effects of it, but um yeah, I, it's weird then to come back here and you can't, 
you can't buy edibles or anything like that here in Philly. It's it's really weird. They've always got great weed too, and they party and like. And then I started thinking, like, every time I've ever been in Philly, I was like, it's it always reminded me of like South Florida with the kind of weed that they they all had like really but it was all like mm. you know i never got anything garbage when i was in philly now that i think about it so it always has like it has a culture so i don't think you're alone i don't think people throw no, you under the bus no 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 I, I definitely i don't think i am at all in any capacity um but I think, you know, I'm trying to be the loudest for that's, sure. So. And that's impressive too in <laughs> Philly because everyone's loud as hell. <laughs> it's hilarious. That's why I tell comedians from Philly, I'm like, man, everyone in Philly is loud and funny and a mess. <laughs> and like to be a professional comedian from Philly, I was like, do you know how funny you have to be to be funny in philly and they're like yeah i do that's why we had to leave it's hard right. i was like yeah everyone i've ever met from philly is hilarious like you're funny everyone like everyone you've only been there for a little bit and you got it long beach oh. too that's a that's a similar vibe if we're being honest it's a yeah. when, when did you come out to philadelphia um so i've been in philly for almost 16 years oh then yeah it's in you you're yeah. it's yeah. like cannabis at this point it's part of it right, you are. <laughs> right. what, That's what awesome. brought you out um so at the time after i moved from the west coast back to the east coast i was living in jersey city and uh my Ooh. son's father um had like family members down in mount laurel and we were going to move down to be closer to them and I had to choose between Jersey and Philly, and I was like, I can't do Jersey. Like, I just no. can't do it. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Philly. And everyone listening was like, Yeah, no, it's like, yeah. <laughs> I like I said, I'm from Maple Shade, right next to Mount Laurel, and I'm still like, Oh yeah, I'm from Philly. That's yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Everyone no. does that. I still, as long as I've been here, I still don't know. When people say they're from Philly, like, I don't even know what that means. Just because it's so vast and uh, it's similar to what you had said. Like, I live in South Philly and to go to the other side of town, I feel like I have to get, like, my passport and a connecting flight. Like, it's crazy how different the neighborhood, you know, the neighborhood. You got to learn a different culture. Yeah. 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 That's <laughs> yeah. what I meant earlier, kind of. Like when yeah. you go from like literally like block block, sometimes you're just like it feels like a different. It's different, yeah. It's like it's like different. the way people live on this block is totally different than the way people live here. They all park wherever. I do like that part, but <laughs> that is such a good point. Where it's like it, you're not being racist or anything like that, or when you say like I should get a passport, and you're like, no, you should. It's like a different place. It it's is different, yeah. The it's cultures it's like i don't even know what religion y'all believe in here it is wild <laughs> but everyone's funny and everyone is like if everyone, you're funny back they're right. like get in here and you're like okay everyone, thank god right everyone is funny and everyone's gonna beat your ass so yes that's how i kind of navigate myself around philadelphia <laughs> i was being very conscious of that like you know like you know <laughs> yes what is your 
what is your hope for cannabis in Philadelphia and how long should it take for that to happen? Mike also teaches a creative writing class, I think, on the side. <laughs> <laughs> well, just like you're, you're boots on the ground there. You're on the front lines of it. And like, I know every time I go back, I'm like, you guys, if only you knew how great it was out in other states with legalization and like i know people are pushing people are working hard but still sometimes i'm like what 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 the fuck's going on around here yeah i think before you know obviously i'd want the laws to change and you know with that everything else kind of starts to unravel itself like the stigma and blah 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 um you know i would especially with a new political campaign coming up um, I believe that the new, at least the new mayor who I think is going to win here, um, is going to have such a huge impact on making that possible. So I think for me, what my goal is, is to hope for legislation to change because it feels very uncomfortable being able to feel you know, I feel privileged to be able to smoke weed and to be able to say it publicly and to be able to do all the things that I've done, knowing that there are people sitting in prison who are being completely, you know, their lives ruined for the same thing that I'm doing on the other side. It just doesn't make sense and it doesn't feel right. And for me, you know, Philadelphia is 43, if not, I think the percentage might have gone up a little bit, 45% Black. And the prisons are, you know, you know, 100% black at this point. And I, I, you know, it is great to be carefree and it is great to be like, we love weed and it's wonderful and I grow it and all this stuff. But like, you know, there are still a lot of my friends and a lot of other people's friends and family members who are, you know, doing time for that and having to go through the court system and having to see families ripped apart. And it's a super bummer and it's not something that I don't think about when I'm when I'm smoking weed and knowing that you know depending on what kind of day a person's having this could really get me in trouble but it's not something that I have to really think about continuously like a lot of other people do and so I think you know I'm really hoping that we, we get caught up because it feels weird, dude. Like it feels weird to talk to people who are like, oh yeah, I'm an essential worker, like making pre-rolls. It feels weird to know having just come from LA that you can literally walk outside and it's not anything anyone's gonna bother you about. You know, like you, you guys have totally different issues in LA. Like that that's like the bottom of the barrel to even- We have about. issues. We do have issues here. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like- But that- goes back to what you were we all went like i'm from tennessee originally like we all talked about that earlier is like that's why when we moved to the west coast i moved to Seattle first it was like this like oh i don't have to like yeah. worry about how i relax which is like mm -hmm. and then like i remember like i had to and i've said this before on here is like the like even talking about the culture in Philadelphia, like how we were just saying, like you go block to block and it's different. Like that's the United States is super similar like that too. 
where why in the same country I can if I get on play tomorrow and fly to Philly, I can bring up to an ounce. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? No, I do know that. That's that's you know what I mean? but that's like amazing. that's yeah. but that's like and like that's weird. And then there's people still in jail for it or in prison for it. Like that's like a weird it's it's it the same thing. Make it makes it's me good. feel the same way I did but, when I first smoked it and didn't didn't be or didn't feel bad the next I still I still at times the same like I remember okay it's also the same feeling the first time I grew it when mm -hmm. you grow it and you harvest it and you're like I mean I did and the first time I did I did as little as humanly possible mm -hmm. to make just to see it was in a flower bed with some other junk. And then that's when it blows your mind that people are in jail in prison mm -hmm. for. It. Like that's to me, it's not when you're smoking it or not worried about smoking mm -hmm. it, but like when you watch it grow out mm -hmm. of the goddamn earth, and then people are like, You sh you're in prison for that's that's when I was like, I got I'll be honest, that was the moment where I was like, oh, I need to do more about this. Mm -hmm. It's so funny because when I first ever grew weed, I felt like Pablo Escobar. Like, I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> 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 like, mm -hmm. like, yes, that's how, yeah. I mean, I felt I'm like- I'm going to have an airplane. Yeah. I'm going to have a right. boat. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, but yeah, it definitely feels weird. And I feel like, you know, really depending on where you're from is really how the, you know, what the conversation, how it navigates itself, right? Like we're all in such different places and to be here, you know, speaking with you two guys and you can be so relaxed about it. It's odd to me, right? Because I'm like, yeah, but what about, you know, if you eat it, you can't get caught with an edible. How, you know, they don't take you, they don't charge you because you had an edible. They charge you how much it weighs and how much it's like how backwards everything is. It's so weird. It's like you can also um, go to. No, Kansas I don't and, carry it when I go to the Northeast in certain states. Like I just because, like, I, re I really don't because I, I'm unfamiliar. And I'm so cavalier and used to just mm. being able to do what I want with it. Or if I just don't have it because I'll just light up outside the fucking train station or do you know what right. I mean? Where it's like, right. this is, that's what we do, can do. But like, you, like, yeah, you've got an edible. So that's, you're going to half a pound or what? No, it's like, but that is the scariest and the weirdest part of all of it is like state to state and all that mm -hmm. nonsense so until it's federally legal it's just gonna be like a uh, try to be white it's a, riddle. it's a riddle if it's not until it's like federally regulated it's just like or you know not regulated but federally like you know taken off of the like you know schedule. equivalent yeah. of heroin like schedule one weird. yeah right it feels weird and you can you know this is a few years ago, so hopefully it changed, but you know, um, you could go to Kensington, which is a, it's a, one of the largest, if not the largest open drug markets in the country. Um, people just actively, you know, I, again, having recently visited LA, 
I, you know, going to Venice Beach, I could absolutely say almost equally, if not more, that Philadelphia Kensington is worse. I think it's Skid Row. It's awful. But we, a few years ago, had thrown a Philly smoke session party in Kensington. And the, the head of that district of police is very anti-weed. And we got busted with a SWAT team coming in and guns and, you know, insane. People were, you know, in jail and it was a big thing here. And, you know, it's like, what? I literally left. I had walked out of the building to go get a slice of pizza because it was too high. There was someone dressed up as Jane Silent Bob selling food. Like, I was like, I can't, I gotta get out of this room. (laughs) Went to go walk out and went to get pizza and I was like, holy shit, look, I forgot where I was. Like, I was like, oh shit, I'm in Kensington. There's nothing here. To then turn around and look at police like swarming in and I'm like, holy fuck, like my friends are in there. And, you know, it's weird. It just doesn't feel right. It feels like there's something wrong when you're, you can openly buy, use and die from heroin on a street corner here but that police district head doesn't like weed. It, you know, that's why one of the reasons why, you know, there was, a, I'm sure there was many reasons, but that was a contributing reason that that area was specifically like just very anti that. And well, uh, there's reasons uh, we could go on about like why that motherfucker doesn't like weed. It's, of course. Yeah, yeah, I want more heroin. <laughs> People making money off of heroin. I, I mean, say like- that. I mean, shortly after, shortly after that happened, which was last year, there were actually police officers that got charged for shaking down these drug dealers and, you know, doing stuff like that. And again, not in Philadelphia. Right. Right. So, you know what I mean? So it does, it has like such a different experience just in such a small area. Like, you know, you can each walk out of your own house and just, you know, quote unquote, like be free with that. But here it's really what corner you turn, you can't. And that's how it is, you know, nationally, whatever state you go to is going to have different rules and tolerances. And it's also- That's what my friends always say. Like you can smoke, like in Austin, you can smoke weed at school. I was like, no, if you're white, you can smoke weed in Austin. That is how that works. And he's like, oh, I was like, yeah, if you notice in Austin, Texas, only black people are homeless for some reason. Isn't that weird? Isn't that Mm -hmm. weird how that is? So I'm a big fan of saying this, you know, because I believe it to be true. And part of the reason why federally it's not going to be descheduled is because, you know, People of color, specifically Black people, are the ATM cards for the prison system. And once you get your name into, you know, oh, I'm going to write you down, you have an ounce of weed on you, then they can, you know, do their stop and frisk shit. Oh, again, we got you all. You have a record and start building up this, you know, And they don't have money to fight any of that or bother them or any of that. That's... Right. Then you're in there and then you're getting money from all over to keep this person in there for nothing. And, you know, so I one of the reasons why I won't get a medical marijuana card, I'm not going to have this like false sense of security. The reality is whether I have it or the dude next to me has it, 
there are people who of color who have it and it doesn't mean shit because you can pull the card it's still not federally legal and by letting you go i'm not doing my job it just creates this whole circle until the of- bank stops shutting people down in legal so we're instagram stops deleting accounts because of like that's all because it's not federal like that's that's all that's what it is like and then then they're like the the private prison system that's a whole nother podcast that we can have you back and i would love to talk more about that but they this has been an amazing episode we're gonna get your information and it'll be available on the details in the bio and um mike and i are coming to philly to do stand-up so we want you to come shows (laughs) and then we'll come to your restaurant um we'll yeah we'll pay it's <laughs> yes, and then Mike can give yeah. you ingredients for stuff. Yeah, you well, know what? Actually, if you if you live in where do you live in LA? Right?